0: Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast. In today's message, Pastor George preaches a sermon about partnering in the work of Jesus. This message was first preached on October 24th, 2021 at the Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith.
1: Well, let me let me say something to those of you who are here in the room today, to those of you who are joining us online. You are not a church goer. You are not a church goer neither are you a neither are you here to be a a consumer today and lo and behold you are not a member of a church might surprise you you are a disciple of jesus you are a disciple of Jesus, and as a disciple of Jesus, you are internalizing the words of Jesus, you are imitating the ways of Jesus, and you are partnering in the work of Jesus. But I fear that, that somewhere along the line, we have been misinformed, misinformed about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. First of all, Jesus called his disciples to go. Jesus never called them to go to church, but he called them to go into all the world in ever-widening ripples of influence. And Jesus, second of all, called his disciples to produce more disciples. Jesus never, Jesus never envisioned this. Jesus never, ever envisioned his disciples as consumers who sit in a row merely absorbing what the religious professionals stand in front of you and do today. Because what were Jesus' final words that Matthew recorded? He said, go do what? Go sit on Sunday morning? No, sorry folks. Jesus never thought we would do this. As a matter of fact, what Jesus commanded us to do was to go and make disciples. Third thing is that Jesus calls us as his disciples into relationships with people. Jesus never, never told his disciples to invite People into a club. Jesus never invited people to be members of a select club that was built for those who claimed a membership in the club. Jesus was always sending out his disciples to engage people where they were. Jesus never taught his disciples to invite people to become members of a club what jesus did do when he called his disciples was not to invite them to a classroom was not to invite them into a church jesus invited them into daily interaction for the community that's what jesus invited his disciples to he invited them to this daily interaction for community where you meet people, all kinds of people, people that are are so different than you are. But not here. Jesus called us to meet them where they are. He also called us to see and respond to needs physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs, relational needs, and we can only see and respond to those needs when we, when we go to where those people are. And when we have met those people and built relationships with those people, when we have seen and responded to the needs, then Jesus calls us to proclaim the good news of God's love, of God's peace for all the world. And that's in a nutshell, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, and most importantly, what it means to partner in the work of Jesus, to meet people and to build relationships where they are, to see and respond to needs, and to proclaim the good news. And if we do all that, If we do all that, meeting people, seeing and responding to needs, and proclaiming the good news, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. It's messy because when the words of Jesus propel us into everyday life, those words are going to make us listen deeply, deeply to what Jesus is saying and most importantly, deeply to the people that we meet. And Jesus' words are going to make us think critically. And what I mean by that is, we don't just take them at face value, but we really think about the implication of those words. We think so deeply about the words that sometimes they cause us to doubt. Like, can I really love My enemy, it's messy to be a disciple of Jesus when we internalize Jesus' words. And being a disciple also gets messy because when we imitate the ways of Jesus, when we imitate the ways of Jesus, it's counter. It's counter to much of the culture that we live in but that's why jesus invitation was to follow him along the road of everyday life and why we need to talk it out as we walk together with one another and with jesus being a disciple isn't easy and if you think it is you're probably not following jesus (laughs) And and let me just just tell you, uh, give you a good example from the very first disciples. Okay, think about those 12 that Jesus selected to be his closest disciples. One of them was a tax collector. Not just a tax collector, a Roman tax collector. Jesus called Matthew to come and follow him. And when Jesus invited this Roman tax collector, he invited him into an an intimate relationship with another disciple whose name we know, not just his name, but something about him. Simon the Zealot. Why was he called Simon the Zealot? Because he was zealous for Judaism and he was Willing to do anything to get the Romans out of Israel. Even, even if it meant killing them. So you can sort of imagine, at least I think, it would be fun to imagine Matthew and Simon sitting around the campfire with Jesus when he says, love your enemies. And these two lock eyes. It's messy being a disciple of Jesus. It was messy for the first disciples. And if it's not messy for us, we're not doing it right. See, Jesus knew. Jesus knew that discipleship, This internalizing and integrating of the words and ways of Jesus happens best that discipleship is formed most deeply in our lives when we have to struggle, oftentimes with people who are different than us, with Jesus' words and the implication in our daily experiences. And that's why Jesus said, come, follow me. Because we learn best when we're actually living it out in everyday life. And if you've heard Jesus' invitation to come and follow, if you've taken a curious step to follow Jesus, even the smallest step in Jesus' direction, then let me tell you something today. You are a disciple of Jesus. Because what is a disciple? A disciple is, after all, someone, someone who wants to learn. And so if you're even the least bit curious about Jesus, you're a disciple. You're a disciple if you want to learn the words of Jesus, if you want to see if by imitating the ways of Jesus, that not only will your life be better, but that you'll be better at life. And that smallest step toward Jesus, while you don't have all the answers to all of your questions, it means that you believe Jesus' words contain hope for your life and the lives of others. And by taking one step toward Jesus, you can partner in the work of Jesus. So what's that work? that we're called to partner in. Well, I think Jesus lays it out so specifically in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. I reference these the the first week in the series. These are words that Jesus quotes from from the, the prophet Isaiah. We find it today in Isaiah chapter 61. But, but when Jesus read these words, he had been handed the scroll at the synagogue, the very synagogue he had been a part of for his entire life. He showed up and they handed him the scroll and he unrolled it until he found this passage. And he read these words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the lord's favor that folks is the work that we are called to partner in and we can divide this work into three specific things first of all it's a social it's a social partnership and what i mean by that is it is an opportunity for us to meet people where they are and build relationships If Jesus teaches us anything through our reading of the scripture, it is to see people that other people don't see. It is to see people who are wondering if there is a reason to have hope in this life. It is seeing people and building genuine relationships with people who need to be seen. Not seen as a project, but seen as a person of worth who is made in the image of God. Go back for a moment and look at at those words, or or look at the people that are described by Jesus in this passage. He said that we are to, to go to the poor and to the prisoner, to the blind and to the oppressed. But what does the world tell us to do? The world tells us to build relationships with the powerful. I'm not so sure that we make relationships with the powerful. We just like to use the powerful. But we're building relationships. Every day, you and I have the opportunity to build relationships with people. As a church, we've talked so much about the relationships that we have been building with people at Ray's Place. The the kids who have been coming there ever since this summer, it, it, it is a joy to see them week in and week out and to see the joy on their face. It is it is so neat to see to see one child who has been succeeding above and beyond what anybody had ever thought possible before. We're building relationships with people because before you can ever win the opportunity to share with somebody the gospel, you have to build a genuine relationship. And, folks, pews aren't very good for building relationships. Second part of the work that Jesus calls us to partner with in this passage from Luke chapter 4 is physical. This is is the seeing and responding to needs. You know, next week, when, when we have encouraged you to go out into the community to serve, what are we doing? We are partnering with Jesus and with organizations who have met people, who have seen them, and are seeking ways to address physical needs in their lives. And So we want to partner with them. We want to partner with people who who have seen and responded to needs because this is what Jesus calls us to to meet the physical needs of the people that we meet. Think think about it from this perspective. When Jesus healed people, when Jesus healed people, he wasn't just responding to a physical need in a person's life. He was ultimately transforming a community because that person who was healed became a part of a family again. They became part of a community again. And in turn, the community became better. Next week, when we send a group to Bethesda Mission to the women's shelter, what we are doing is we are reminding people that they are cared for, that we can can partner with organizations in our community who are helping to transform the lives of women who, who find themselves oftentimes on the street by themselves, because of some place that they've had to abandon. We have to be able to meet the social needs and the physical needs before we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. I remember learning it in college and seminary, that before you can ever share the gospel with a hungry man, you have to feed him. Otherwise, you'll never hear the gospel. And that brings us to the, to the third part, <coughs> and that is the spiritual part, the proclamation of the good news, not the bad news. Unfortunately, too many Christians today are associated with bad news, and we could go on and on and on about that for a long time. But you and I are called to proclaim good news. You and I are called not to proclaim our own gospel. We're not called to proclaim a party line. We're called to share the good news of Jesus. And every time, every time I see the person who declares themselves as a disciple of Jesus and puts other people down, it breaks my heart. Every time I hear somebody proclaim bad news and they profess to be a Christian, my heart breaks because Jesus never called us to share bad news. He called us to share good news. Good news that transforms people's lives. So if you're still proclaiming the bad news, stop it. Just stop it. Stop sharing those memes that all those other things out there that are probably from Russians anyway. (laughs) Stop it! Somebody said this a while back, and it's so true. Every time you do something like that, you destroy your relationships with people. And when you've destroyed your relationship with somebody, you'll never have the opportunity to share good news with them. Relationships are far more important than your political views. They are far more important than your social views. The good news of Jesus Christ is what transforms lives, not what happens in Washington, not what happens in Harrisburg. It's what happens here in people's lives when we build those kind of relationships that proclaim good news. And I'll be the first to tell you that, that the good news is still transforming people's lives. I, I see it every day. I hear it every day. But unfortunately, there's too many Too many Christians who are known for their bad news, for their angry words, for their hateful actions. And if there is anything we need to learn today, it is that when we partner with Jesus, we partner in sharing the good news. When we partner with Jesus, we can sum it all up in one word. Shalom. Shalom. You see, shalom means a whole lot more than peace. It means a whole lot more than hello and goodbye. Shalom. Shalom is a word that means wholeness and salvation and healing and restoration. And if you and I are going to be like Jesus, then being peacemakers or shalom bringers is what we need to be known for. And if we're not known for being peacemakers, if we're not known for being shalom bringers, then we're not known for being disciples of Jesus. Jesus, just ask yourself, are, are my words and actions going to bring peace into somebody's life? And if the answer is no, don't do it. Don't say it. Don't post it. What was it that Jesus said in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the peacemakers. Because they're identified as what? The children of God. And if you're not making peace... See, when we follow Jesus into communities, when we we meet people and when we see and respond to needs and when we proclaim the good news, we bring God's shalom to people. We transform people's lives. We provide for the common good. We bring hope to those who are asking, is there any reason to have hope? And so when Jesus says, come follow me, Jesus is inviting us into that daily interaction for the community. Where we meet people, where we see and respond to the needs, and where we proclaim the good news. Jesus said, come follow me. And I want you to hear that invitation once again today. Jesus didn't invite you to come to church today. As good as all this is, he didn't invite you to come here. He invited you to come on a daily walk with him so that you can transform your daily walk when you interact with the people that Jesus has put into your life. Jesus' invitation is very simple. It is to walk daily with him. Internalizing his words, imitating his ways, and partnering in his work. And that is what I am in here. do. That's what Linglestown life is here to do. And we will be people, we will be people who will internalize the words of Jesus so that when we meet the people, we can share with them the good news. We will, we will imitate the ways of Jesus And we will stand counter to all of the things that are are said about others who take up the name of Jesus who aren't so much like Jesus. And it might be messy from time to time. But that's who we're going to be. Because we are called to partner in the work that Jesus has called us to. And that means... Being peace makers in this world, and so hear Jesus' words once more today. Come, follow me. Would you join me in word prayer? Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for not following close enough to hear your words. And forgive us for failing to imitate your ways. And forgive us for not choosing to partner with you, but to partner with some other gospel. Forgive us for dragging your name in the mud. Forgive us for failing to see the lives of people who need you. Forgive us for neglecting the needs. Restore to us once again the joy of that moment when we first heard your words, come follow me. Restore to us today the joy of following you. Even when it's hard and difficult and when we don't know where it is, we're going to end up. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. So help us, Lord, throughout this day to keep our eyes upon you. Help us to keep our eyes on you so that we are so close that we will never be out of step with you again. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.